Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. year we've honed it down we we used to do this thing called generals and i would bring these guys in to preach four different guys during the month of june and we narrowed it down to two this month because i felt like god was saying we need to hone it in and get the word for our body and so we called it voices and as you know i brought my dad in and he'll be ministering on the pentecost next week but also invited uh brother stacy hilliard to bring the word uh because i felt like he was a voice into our body now let me tell y'all there's two ways to do do this. You can either make him work or you can make it easy to preach. There are two different kind of environments and, and we waffle. It depends on which service sometimes. Some, one, see, I, I went to Medellin. Some, sometimes it's the first service is easier to preach to the second service. Sometimes the second service is easier than first service. This time, since we're all together, we're going to make it super simple and easy for him to preach. That means you've got to get behind him and help him. Now, don't holler if you, if you, don't be hollering if you holler and can't apply. I'm not worried about that because that's just hype. But if you can holler and apply, then we're good. But you got to choose which works for you, all right? You got to make it easy so that he can bring the word. And so I just want you to give a huge Passion Church welcome to Brother Stacy Hilliard, one of the voices into our body. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. Amen. We do honor God, the Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, for the opportunity of ministering the word to you. He's good to us. Amen. Um, I thank the Lord for saving me. Amen. Y'all about got me stirred up. We just sometimes need to honor him for saving us. Amen. Uh, he's done a lot of things for us, but uh, the best thing he's ever done for me is to save me. Amen. And we love him. We bless him. We appreciate him. There's none like him. And um, I reverence him. I do honor the <coughs> set man of this house. First Lady, Amen. Pastor Steve and uh, Julie, we love you both. In Jesus' name, thank you for allowing us to be with you, Amen. Do give honor to the Executive Director of EBUSA. I know he's around here somewhere, Bishop. Tom Amen. Bishop First Lady Thompson. I know this is home to them. Y'all know them, but it's always good to be in y'all's presence, and we honor you. In Jesus' name, my wife who, amen, my wife has come in. She doesn't like me to identify her, but she's here on the second row, about midway. <laughs> amen. Hallelujah. We love you. In Jesus' name, always good to be in a situation where she can join us in service. 
will tell you that uh, up until late Tuesday night, Pastor Steve shot me an email in reference to what I would be sharing with you today. And um, I had a long day Tuesday, and, and I was wrestling with something because I, I wanted to talk to y'all about, uh, well, something out of Psalms. Amen. Um, but the Lord wouldn't allow me to do that, so he's God. I want to talk to y'all about bearing precious seed. Amen. If you go forth weeping, you'll doubtless return. Bearing precious seed. The Lord turned again to captivity of Zion. We were like them that dreamed. Amen. I was going to talk to you about preparing to live your dream, but the Lord said it wasn't time to talk to you about that. Hallelujah. So we're going to just obey God. Amen. He's God. Hallelujah. So I want to talk to you. I believe that there's some people in here today. <clears throat> and uh, before I go into the word, I want to say to you, don't miss this moment. You are uh, poised and positioned for God to show you something that's going to transition you and transform you. causes you to enter into a dimension of God that you've never witnessed in your life. And I sense that there's somebody in here who's been dealing with some stuff. Been a hard season. Amen. Uh, whatever you do, don't back up now. Amen. Whatever you do, don't back up now. It's time for you to go forward. Amen. Exodus. <coughs> we'll do our best to articulate that as the Lord would have it uh, spoken in your hearing as we uh, work through the text. Exodus chapter 4 and then verses 1 through 7. And we're going to leave there and move quickly over to Exodus chapter 14. I think we're going to start reading at about verse 10 and read down to about verse 21. I'm going to throw a lot of scripture at you, but... I believe it'll make sense by and by. Exodus 4, 1 through 7. And we'll move there and go to chapter 14 and read verses 10 through 21, I think. Amen. When you have it, say amen. And again, last week I told you I'm old school. I'm an old school Bible preacher. Amen. Need more of them. Hallelujah. Amen. Please, let's stand for the reading of the word. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord has not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from before it. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. And the Lord said, Furthermore unto him, Put now thine hand into thy bosom, 
And he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, Put thy hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again and plucked it out of his bosom. And behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. Chapter 14, verses, um, actually, I think I just want to go to verse 13 and read down to about verse 21. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, uh, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians uh, whom ye have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. The Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Hmm. Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh, and upon his host, and upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the angel of God which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness uh, to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. And he made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. Father, right now in the most holy and precious name of Jesus, I pray that you would help me, help me to decrease, that you might increase uh, to the degree that I will be able to articulate your word with, with great clarity and under such an anointing that they will find its mark in the heart of the hearers and believers that are gathered in this place and then use them to transform us the more and the more into that people that you would have us to be armed, ready, more prepared to be used of you as you expand your kingdom in the earth realm, in us and in through us. Do it. We'll give you the glory, the honor and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Please be seated in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you about something that I, and, and I think this really speaks to, uh, first of all, the nature and character of God. And then um, uh, my desire is, and what I believe the Lord will do, is uh, articulate it in such a manner that it will, will declare to you some things that will aid you in uh, what God desires to do in you and through you in this season. And I believe that is to propel you uh, into the next dimension of his glory. You see, somebody in here is poised and positioned. I was checking for you, brother. Uh, amen. Uh, you see, somebody in here is poised and positioned, amen, for God to move you into the next dimension of his glory, the next revelation of his power. Mm -hmm. And there is a, a preparatory stage, if you will, that God takes us through to move us to the place where he has positioned us 
to show us the greatest manifestation that we've ever experienced. Now, you have to understand, great and God is, um, is, is synonymous, but it can also be um, deceptive, too, because really, God is greater than great. Amen. That you can't really define God. And the only time God got in trouble, you know, God's never been in trouble. But the only time God had an issue was when Moses says, well, who shall I say sent me? Amen. And God says, well, if I said, you know, you just tell them, you just, I am that I am. Amen. There's no sense in me trying to go through all that. But anyway, God, God is, is doing something in somebody's life in here today that, that I really believe is, is preparatory to what he's about to, to show you about himself. And, and the reason your adversary is working uh, overtime to overthrow you this time is because he knows that if you step into the next dimension, he's never going to be able to take you back to this place. And I'll talk to, talk to that and talk, speak to that in a minute. Now, notice, notice, you see, the encounter, before we get there, let me, let me just share something with you. You see, the encounter that Moses has with God in the beginning, in chapter 4, blows me away. And I want to say to somebody, uh, 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 what you're dealing with is, is God's way of, 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 of getting you ready for what you're about to step into. Now, now notice, when God, well, when Moses first encounters God, Moses has all these objections to God sending him. And then God says, well, I'll tell you, let, me, let me ask you this. Now, God is preparing him for, 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 for destiny. And God says, well, what is that in your hand? And Moses said, a rod. And then God says, well, cast it on the ground. And Moses throws it down. Hallelujah. And the rod that was in Moses' hands becomes a serpent. Now, I don't have time to unpack all of that, but really what it became was a symbol of what God was going to use it in Moses' hand to overthrow. Mm -hmm. and, 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 but anyway, it becomes a rod, and Moses runs from it. Amen. Moses said, ah, and he takes off running. And God says, no, 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 wait a minute. Now, go back and take it by the tail. Hallelujah. Now, 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 now you, 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 amen. And I want you to understand the transformation now. Uh, now, when Moses walks uh, to the bush, really what he has is a big stick. Hallelujah. When he leaves the bush, I'm, I, amen. See, we got a lot of people that are carrying big sticks. Yes. But, 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 but what happens in a real encounter with God is you, 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 your big stick, becomes the rod of God. He walks up to the bush with a big stick. Hallelujah. He leaves the bush with the rod of God. Yes. The problem is what God uh, wants to use it for, uh, when God, as God transitions it, it scares Moses. Yes. Because God says, well, throw it down. Now, you do know Moses is a shepherd. Yes. Let me, let me. See, Moses is a shepherd. And so when God really gets ready to propel you into your destiny, when he really starts to, to, uh, you, to, to, to transition and, and position you to handle those things that are going to lead you to your destiny, it can be scary. Because Moses' livelihood is tied to what 
God is has now asked him to throw down. Yeah, because you did because before Moses walked up to the mountain, he's Jethro. He's a he's oh Lord, he's he's a tender of Jethro's flock. And so Moses is a shepherd with his livelihood in his hand. But when God gets ready to transition him, God says, I want you to release what you think you have to have to make it. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but God is telling somebody in here to release something that you're trying to hold on to. And if you would just throw it down, God will transition it into something that he'll display his power in. Hold on. Amen. Yes. And so when Moses throw, see, the problem is God is trying to get you to release what's in your hand. But you've grown so accustomed. God's trying to get you to release what's in your heart. God's trying to get you to release what's in your head. The fact, but the problem is you've grown dependent on it and you've been so tied to it. And it's been a part of your life so long until it's just hard for you to let go. Let me tell you something. When God gets ready to take you someplace, see, the problem is you can never go somewhere and stay somewhere at the same time when God gets hallelujah see everybody everybody wants to go but they want to stay too hallelujah now so God says throw it on the ground and Moses casts it down and it becomes a serpent and Moses starts running from it Ah! God says go back grab by the tail See, and that's the problem. That's, that's, the, that's a major problem with God. When God is going to put something in your hand to display his power in, you can't handle it the way you want to. Now, wait a minute, God. See, I'm not the brightest bulb in the chandelier. Hallelujah. But I do know this. If you're going to handle a snake, particularly a big one. Hallelujah. You don't take him by the tail. Now notice God's instructions. God is very specific about how you handle what his power is connected to. Now you can handle your little stuff like any way you want to handle it. But when you get ready to handle what God's power is connected to, you're going to handle it the way God wants you to handle it or God ain't working through it. I'm sorry. Now, God says, go back and take it by the tail. Now, wait a minute, God. Obviously, this is a big snake. So, the only way I can control this big snake is to pick him up by the other end of where you told me to grab him. Hallelujah. Because if I'm going to control a snake, I must take him by the head. But God is very specific. God says, no, you take him by the tail. Because when God wants to put power in your hands, you don't get to name the conditions by which you handle them. You just get to agree with what God told you to put your hand on and trust that God won't let it come back to bite you. Are you listening to what I, I don't know who I'm talking to in here, but God told me to tell somebody, your problem is you just need to grab a hold of what he told you to grab a hold to and trust that he won't let it come back to bite you. You're trying to figure it and fix it 
and make it all right and insulate yourself and make sure this won't happen and that won't happen. You will never enter into the power of God because when God tells you to do it, you got to just do it and trust God with the results. do that yet, brother. I'm just laying the foundation right now. And then God says, now put your hand. Moses goes back and grabs it, and the Bible says it becomes a rod. But really, when Moses released it, it was Moses' big stick. When he put his hand back on it, it became the rod of God. Don't have time to go into all that. But, 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 but it really, it becomes the rod of God. Yeah. And then God says, now, put your hand into your bosom. He puts it in, takes it out, and the Bible says it's leprous, it's snow. He looks at it. God says, now, put it back in your bosom. Wait a minute, God. Again, God, you have a perfect track record. You have a perfect track record, but this could be problematic because the last thing I want to do with a hand that's leprous is put it, hallelujah, but what happened is the hand that God was planning to use did not contaminate his other flesh when he pulled it out. His hand had become like the other flesh. And so what I came to tell somebody is God is ready to use you to do great and mighty things. You know it in your spirit. Something is telling you that God is ready to propel you into that place that leads to ultimate destiny for and in your life. The problem is, notice, and I know y'all are well schooled, so I can just go here. But notice what happens from the time God sends him into Egypt until back into Egypt until the time God takes him out of here. Whenever God gets ready to display his power in Moses' life, listen to what he always tells him. He says, lift up your rod and stretch forth your hand. Lift up your rod and stretch forth your hand. Lift up your rod and stretch forth your hand. Lift up your rod. In other words, what you were running from and what you were afraid of, what you've been running from and what you've been scared of is what God wants to use in your life to show his power in and through your life and the deliverance that God is going to bring through you will always be connected to something. Who am I preaching to in here? Go and just put your hands to it. Stop crying about it, being nervous and, and worrying about how things are going to turn out. Go on and put your hand to it and believe that God will do what he said he was going to do because it's those things in your life that God wants to display his power in. If you ever get a hold of what you're running from and get a handle on what scares you. See, our problem is we live in a culture that's all about security. But we serve a God that's all about faith. And let me tell you how many faithful people I have in here. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something about faith. 
there is an inherent risk in any level of faith. And if you can't take a risk, you ain't walking in it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Because you have to do what God told you to do and trust God. Hallelujah. And so God puts this rod in Moses' hand. And then he puts this power in his other hand. And he sends him down to Egypt with what God used to scare him. Hallelujah. And with what God used to make him run. Yes. And then whenever God gets ready to do something major, God always goes back to those two things. And I came to tell somebody in this place, God is telling you to do something, but he's tied what he wants you to do with what you're afraid of and what you're, that's why they showed up at the same time. Some, you never felt this strongly about where God is taking you. But at the same time, you've never had this much adversity and anxiety and fear and stuff that you would rather run from than face than right now. It's because God has tied your destiny to the thing that's scaring you. And what he told me to tell you is if you would handle it properly and stop running from it, that's the very thing he's going to use to show you how powerful he is in your life and that's what he's going to use to make the person out of you that he wants you to be and so now Moses goes down into Egypt mm -hmm. and God uses him greatly and mightily then God is bringing them out of Egypt hallelujah let me tell you, let me tell you why you had such a bad week. Am I preaching to you now? Let me tell you why you had such a bad week. Because you're out of one place, but you're not quite in the other place. Oh, Lord Jesus. In other words, you're not still where you were. But you're not quite in where you're going either. Hallelujah. And that's a confusing place. You see, God never allows us to go from a place to a place. That's not his pattern. God always takes us from a place through a place to a place. Hallelujah. God will never take you out of Egypt right into your promised land. God will take you out of Egypt into the wilderness, then into the promised land. And how you navigate, oh Lord. And we don't know how to deal with that because I knew how to act where I was. I've been practicing on how I was going to act when I get to my destination. But there's a little place in the middle that's got me confused. And I don't know what to do with it because I can navigate my past. I've been prepared for my future but God left out all this little stuff in the middle where I got to deal with all the stuff that's preparing me to go into it and God told me to tell you the reason your enemy has been on your trail this week Hallelujah. It's because you're about to step over into a manifestation of God's glory that he knows he's never going to be able to bring. Are oh, you listening to what I'm saying? Uh, God, in other words, in other words, God brings them 14 now. God brings them to the Red Sea. 
he positions them to step in the promise. Hallelujah. But before they go into the promised land, I don't have time to read it all, but the Bible said that God directed them that way. And God said that Pharaoh would say that the wilderness has them tangled in. And so before God takes you into your promise, hallelujah, he will all, Lord Jesus, let, let me put it like this. Before you go into everything God has for you, this is how you know you're about to get there. When it's when what lets you go comes back to try and recapture you. Who am I preaching to here? You know God delivered you from depression. And now here depression is trying to come against you again. You know God delivered you from anxiety. And now here anxiety is trying to show up again. You know God delivered you from insecurity. And now here this week you've been feeling insecure again. Well, let me tell you, Moses did say something good. He said, this fairy, these Egyptians you see here today, you will see them again. Let me tell you something, honey. Let me tell you something, my brother and my sister. Whenever God gets ready to transition you out of where you were into what you about to step into your enemy that lets you go will always try to show up and reclaim you but God told me to tell somebody if you would just keep moving forward you're going to step right over into another dimension of God's glory that you've never witnessed in your life and you ain't going to see this problem ever again in your life now you might have to deal with an Amorite a Hittite a Jebusite and an Amel but you ain't gonna never have to deal with this Pharaoh again in your life. God told me to tell somebody. Feel like preaching. And so now God brings them. God, God, tell your neighbor, God brought you here. Stop giving all God's credit to the devil. The devil can't find you most days. Your life is hid with Christ in God. He can't find you. He doesn't have your address. Hallelujah. And if he does want to touch you, he's got to get God's permission. Wherever you are, it's because God. I get so, can I tell somebody in here? God told me to tell you that the reason he brought you to this place is because he's about to show you something that's going to blow your ever-loving mind. He's shown you some power to get you here. But what he's about to show you is going to make everything in your past pale if we could compare the power of God. The Bible said God brought them to the Red Sea, stirred up Pharaoh, and made it look like their past was about to overtake them. I got news for you, honey. The reason your past is trying to catch you this time is because he knows if it doesn't stop you today, by this time tomorrow, you will cross over into your future. So yes, Lord. And so God stirs up Pharaoh. And then Moses and the people of Israel come down to the Red Sea. They're there. God stirs up Pharaoh. And then Moses does like we do in a crisis. Tell your neighbor, I don't know about you, but God gave me something. Let me tell you something. God didn't get you off drugs. 
He didn't deliver you from alcohol. He didn't free you from Frank. He didn't deliver you from Pookie. He didn't set you free from all of that, hallelujah, to bring you to this place in your life and let you be overthrown here. If God was going to let this get you, he would have let that have you. And the only reason he didn't let that have you is because he was planning to bring you through this. And I came to tell somebody in this place the reason God brought you this way is because he wants to show you the greatest manifestation of his power that you've ever seen in your life. Now, they come down to the Red Sea, and Moses has a dilemma. He has Pharaoh behind him and the sea in front of him. And if we're not careful, we will do what Moses did. Moses talked all that big talk. Talked all that big talk. And we start talking behind him. We did. Moses jumped out there. Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Dear Lord. Y'all know. For these, the Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Yeah. These Egyptians you see here today, you shall see them again never anymore. And then we jumped on that bandwagon, start talking about, if I hold my peace, let the Lord fight my battle. Victory, victory shall be mine. That's good, preaching, sounds good. Problem is, God's response to it. Because Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. My problem with Moses' statement is what God's response was to it. Because Moses said, stand still. And did like we do. He ran off somewhere and started praying. Hallelujah. And when God sounded off in response to his instructions, I know Moses was wrong. You can take me to task on that, but if you're going to fight me, fight me from the scriptures, not from your tradition. If we're going to fight, oh, I know, then you want to run me over there talking about, well, Jehoshaphat said, the Lord said, this battle is not yours, it's the Lord. Yeah, but Jehoshaphat was the king of the tribe of Judah, and Judah was the tribe of praise. So Jehoshaphat understood, stand still means, uh, from God's perspective, you stand right there and still keep what you've been doing. So he appointed singers, and when they started singing, praises to the Lord. That's when they heard the sounds in the tops of the mulberry tree. Are you listening to what I'm saying? In other words, God won't, oh Lord. So anyway, 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 Moses says, stand still and you're going to see the salvation of the Lord. But then God responds to that with this. Wherefore criest thou to me? Command these people that they go forward. Moses said, stand still. God says, go forward. Oh, Lord. No, that's in the Bible now. I know that ain't in the lyrics, but that's in the Bible. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Uh, hallelujah, that's in the Bible. And Moses says, stand still. God says, why are you crying to me, Moses? There's a time to pray, and there's a time to move. Have you forgotten 
tell somebody in this place that you have been in a season where if you're not careful, the enemy will blind you to what it is God has tied his power to in your life. In other words, God says, listen, Moses, Pharaoh is coming. You told these people to stand still. If they don't go forward, I'm not going to do anything for them. You're going to stand here and look like a fool. But now if you lift up your rod and stretch forth your hand over the sea and divide it. What am I saying? This is what I'm saying. Somebody in here has been praying about something that you've already received instructions for. You're still talking to God about something that he's already given you the answer to. The problem is the conditions don't seem just right, and you're a little afraid of how things may turn out, and you got a few things in your past that's running down behind you, and you don't see how you're going to get across what's in front of you. God told me to tell you, listen, lift up your rod and stretch forth your hand and divide it. Because quite frankly, my brothers and my sisters, God never said he was God right by himself. Now, he said he's God and there's before him and we understand that but if God is ever going to do anything in the earth he's going to have to find some man or some womb man to do it with him without you he will do nothing and without him we can do nothing but if we ever start working with God then we can do all things because he will give us the strength yeah. hallelujah let me bring you in. And so now, God tells Moses wrong instructions. That's basically what, wrong instructions. Because I'm about to show you. Somebody help me preach to your neighbor. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, God is about to show you something that's going to flip your wig and tear up your weave. <laughs> Feel him here. You, you got to understand when God gets ready to really manifest his power. In other words, God was giving Moses uh, practice with his rod and, and helping him to develop confidence in his hands because he was preparing him and prepping him for the perhaps what some theologians say was the greatest manifestation of God's power until that time. Now, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think whenever God does something, it's great. But, but they say, given the dynamics involved with all that had to go on in the natural realm and all that had to go on in the spiritual realm, up to that point, this was perhaps the greatest miracle that God had ever manifested. And I came to tell somebody in this place that God is ready to do something in your life that could perhaps be the greatest manifestation of his power that you've ever seen before. And this is why your past is trying to run you down. Because the enemy knows that God has prepared you and positioned you for the future that he has before you. And so God told me to tell somebody, don't you forget 
what he gave you. You've been praying for God to move. And God told me to tell you he's been praying for you to do something. Moses eases up on God. And he says, God, we're in trouble. And he told the people to stand still. And God says, you command these people to go forward. Somebody give your neighbor a high five and tell them, don't you stop here. The enemy has been trying to paralyze you and intimidate you with what you think you can bring with what he would you think he could bring out of your past God told me to tell you there's nothing in your past that can stop you now but he's not going to do it the way you've grown accustomed to him doing it and the reason you can't see him the way you thought you should have seen him is because he's setting you up to move you into the next dimension of your relationship as it relates to his power oh I feel like preaching in here and so what God does now is he's bringing them to a place because they have to know him in a different way. See, it's one thing to know God when you're in bondage, but you don't need that dimension of God when he gets ready to take you into freedom. Can I help somebody in here? See, and the problem in the body of Christ is so many people know how to live with God as long as they're in bondage. But what do you do when God sets you free? You can pray when things are going haywire. But when God delivers you out of bondage, do you pray more? God told me to tell somebody. See, what you have to understand about this next move is you're going to have to be the initiator of God's power. And so what God does now, God says, Moses. Now we say God parted the Red Sea. But God says Moses did. Now I ain't here to argue with anybody. I'm just here to tell you what the Bible says. Now, I believe they did it together. Because when God really has relationship with you, what he's going to do, he's going to through not devoid of you. He's going to do in partnership with you. God told me to tell somebody that's been begging him and praying to him about what to do next. He told me to tell you what you need to do is lift up your rod and stretch forth your hand and he'll move on your behalf. I don't know who I'm preaching to in here but somebody under the sound of my voice around here lately. All you been focused on is what you don't have. All you've been focused on is who's not with you. All you've been focused on is who you what you think you need. God told me to tell you he doesn't need anything you don't have to bless you. But he expects you to use what you got. Can I preach like I feel it to somebody? Somebody in this place, if you will lift up your rod and stretch forth your hand. In other words, God says, Moses, it's time for you to work your stuff. Somebody in this place, God told me to tell you, if you will work your stuff, you will see his power on the back end. And the Bible says that Moses lifted up his rod and stretched forth his hand. And then the pillar of cloud that went from the went in front of them removed and went behind them. And the smoke of the power of God, the Bible says it stood behind them. In other words, God repositioned himself because when he positions you for the greatest manifestation of his power, he repositioned 
positions himself because you don't need him where you thought you needed him. You don't need him where you used to need him because the problem is when this next move, you thought you'd yell, Lord, how can I put this? You've grown accustomed to seeing God out in front of you. And as long as you can see him, then you can trust him. But God told me to tell you what he's waiting for you to do now is work your stuff. Work what I put in your hands. Work what I put in your heart. Work what I put in your dream. Work your plan. Work your vision. Work your anointing. And I'll back you up. Somebody in this place, give your neighbor a high five and tell them God is what sit down. God is waiting for you to work your stuff. And the Bible said that the glory of God that went before them removed and went behind them. That's why you can't see God. He disappeared, but he didn't leave. He told me to tell you he repositioned himself and he's standing behind you. And he told me to tell somebody if you will have if you will have the meeting, he'll back you up. If you will submit the proposal, he'll back you up. If you will lift up your rod, he will back you. You waiting on God. Tell your neighbor God's waiting for you. See, my grandmama was a checker player. I know y'all born in Holden Hospital. Down on Hallelujah Boulevard, y'all know about that. But for those of you who came the other way, my grandmama was a checker player. And when she was really setting you up, I mean, when she was really setting you up, you were taking too long. She looked down across her glasses and say, your move. <laughs> Hallelujah. And God told me to tell somebody in here, it's your move. You've been waiting on God. And God has been setting the stage. He's been moving the pieces. He's been checking the pawns. He's setting you up for the next move of God. But the, this next move is on you. And then the Bible said that when Moses lifted up his rod and stretched forth his hand, God sent a strong east wind. Give your neighbor a high five and tell him, I don't know about you, but I feel the breeze picking up in my life. And I'm not talking about Oklahoma wind. I'm talking about the wind of the Holy Ghost. And he's about to blow you right over in to the next manifestation of God's power that you've ever witnessed in your life. And I was preaching one day and talking to myself. And God says, let me tell you something. I know that people have preached about the Red Sea. But what you don't realize, son, is that ain't all I moved. They talk about how the waters were dry. 
but that ain't all I did. Not only did I move the waters, but I moved everything in them. Can I preach like I want to in here? God told me to tell somebody that if you would stand up on this rock, lift up your rod and stretch forth your hand, God gave you a plan. You ought to go on and work it. God told you something that's been keeping you up at night, and you thought you were up to pray. Now, honey, the reason God won't let you sleep is because he wants you to move forward. Give your neighbor a high five and tell him you've been stagnant too long. Move forward with your idea. Move forward with the blueprint. Move forward with what God has been speaking in your spirit. God told me to tell somebody that the reason he needs to reposition himself is because what he's about to do in your life. You don't need him out in front of you with this next dimension of glory. He's going to do something so powerful and bring you to such prominence. Not for us to gloat. I'm not talking about that. But when God gets ready to do something this supernatural in your life, you don't need him out in front of you when God really puts you on display. Honey, you need him behind you because God is getting ready to give you such a blessing that if you ain't careful, somebody will stab you in your back. God told me to tell somebody what he's getting ready to do is to keep your haters off you and keep somebody not from putting the knife deep in your back because as he rises you up the more people would want to get rid of you but he told me to tell somebody work it honey work it and I got your back I came to tell somebody in here God told me to tell you if you will work your stuff he will have your back so sick and tired of folk running around worrying about who gonna stab them in the back. Let me tell you something honey. I don't know about you but I just believe if God be for us then Pookie Henry Ray Ray Henry Fred Freaky or Boo can't do anything with us. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. I'm going to give you up. We got to go eat. When Moses worked his stuff, God moved the water. He moved every crocodile. He moved every terrapin. He moved every eel. He moved every shark. Let me tell you something. See, God knows how to move stuff. He's waiting for you to make your move. And he told me to tell you, if you're gone and work it, baby, if you're working, he'll move every hindrance. He'll move every obstacle. He'll move every obstruction. He'll move every hater. He'll move every doubter. God will move everything that's standing between you and what he promised you out of your way. But he's waiting for you in this season to make your move. Hallelujah. And when you make it, go home and go to sleep. Stop worrying about 
who's going to sneak you from behind. God knows how. He told Abraham, I was teaching the other day, they didn't give me but 30 minutes. Shame on them, people. Shame on them. God told Abraham, he said, I'll bless them. We preach wrong because we say, God told Abraham, I'll bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. That ain't what he said. God says, I'll bless them that bless you and curse him that curseth you. That's what he said, really, what I mean. I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. Because God knew that once his favor is on your life, there's going to always be more people for you than against you. There's going to always be more people ready to bless you than to curse you. I'll bless them and curse him. The problem is we will allow one him to cause us to miss all of them. I'm through. Work your stuff. Leave the results to God. Amen. Let's clap our hands and appreciate the Lord. I don't know who I'm talking to. Pastor? But if you see some man. Stop waiting for God to show you something else. He's already shown you enough for you to make this next move. He's not going before you this time. He's coming behind you. you go. <coughs> Listen to me. I think the most powerful thing John the Baptist said in scripture was this. not him. I'm not him. I want you to understand something. God is ready to propel you into promises that he has for you. will almost make everything he's shown you to this point. Seem small. And all of that was to prepare you for this. I don't know what that was and I don't know what this is. I just know that somebody 
is on the verge of your this. But your that is trying to make you think that you're disqualified. Hear me good. And you've been praying for God to do something that he's already prepared you to enter into. And I just want to take a moment pray for you. Let's stand to our feet all over this house. I'm telling you, somebody in this place is on the verge of God propelling you into something that will blow you away. The problem is it intimidates you because it's so much bigger than what you've ever received from it. And he told me to tell somebody that all those other miracles were to prove to you who am I preaching to in here? All of those other miracles were to prove to you that you could trust him with this one. And everything he had you to do was to give you practice with what he's waiting for you to do now. And when you do it, he, see this is the problem, he led you to this place. So God, you led me to this place. You're supposed to lead me through this place. No. Who am I preaching to in here? He led you to this place. But he's going to follow you through this place. Hallelujah. If I had time, I'd run over to Mark, which is one of my favorite scriptures, Mark 16. When he gave them commandment, he received up into heaven, set on the right hand of God. They went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming his word with signs following. You do his word. Whatever that word is for your life, you do what he said. The sign is going to follow you this time. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands all over this place. Listen, if you're in this place, we're going to let you go. I promise you. Hear me good. If you're in this place, all over this house, and I'm going to give you up. All over this house, on the count of three, I want you to get out of those seats. Come right down here. We're not going to hold your hostage. We're going to release you and send you home, I promise. My plan was to let you raise your hand and get you out of here. But I don't know. The Lord said, nope, that ain't the way I want to do it. So he's God, I'm not. He says, you tell him. 
they're serious about moving into this next level of the, this next dimension of my glory, this next display of my power. Get out of their seats, come to the altar. Would you come stand with me, Pastor, please, sir? Listen, if that's you, all over this place, I want you to get out of those seats on the count of three and meet us at the altar. We're going to pray for you and release you. In Jesus' name, amen? One, two, three. Hallelujah. I just want to seal the deal. Hallelujah. All I am is yours, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. All I am is yours. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.
Hallelujah. Father, right now, in the most holy and precious name of Jesus, before we ask you for anything, we just want to thank you for everything. For we know that you're too wise to make a mistake. And you're able to cause all things to work together to our good because we love you and are the called according to your purpose. And now, God, we submit to you that we trust you with this season of our lives. We trust you with this place in which we now find ourselves. And, Father, by the power of the Holy Ghost, if you would re-clarify and redefine that that you desire us to do, in this season in our lives individually and collectively we give you our word that we will do that that you've enabled us to do believing you to stand behind us and back us up trusting you to do those things that we cannot do in and of ourselves father by the power of the holy ghost i speak to that level of faith that's stirring in the heart of each and every hearer and believer we command it to rise up and come forth now. That faith that will move us into the things that you've already prepared for us. We come against the things of our past that are trying to recapture us, to regain an advantage over our lives. We rebuke them now by the power of the Holy Ghost. And we commission every hearer and believer in this place, every person under the sound of our voice, to enter into the future that you have prepared for us. May we leave this place with the faith to work, with what you put in our hands, with the faith to work with what you put in our hearts with the faith to work with what you've given us as a vision with the faith to work with what you've given us as a plan and the blueprints that will usher us into those things that you've already prepared for us and as we do it we believe that you will stand behind us and cause the wind of the Holy Ghost to blow us into all those things that you have prepared for us individually and collectively and as we enter into them, we promise you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Somebody that believes in praise him on credit because you know that you know that you know that you Everybody in this place, point this way, point this way, point this way, and say, thank God. Repeat after me, thank God. Thank God for the man of God, Pastor Steve. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise. He kept saying he doesn't know who he's preaching to. I do. He was preaching to us. There's a word for our body. You, this will be on the, just online just like every other message, but this is a word for our body. Amen. Man, there are some Sundays. Where'd he go? Brother Stacey, you got to develop the rapper move. There's some Sundays you just need to go. 
feel this morning. Now, before you go, we're going to do some things because we need to do some things. But uh, I always like to do actions. Y'all know I'm kind of weird for some reason in, in my mind. Don't say amen when I say I'm weird. But uh, in my mind, y'all know that, that animated movie with that song, we like to move it, move it. Yeah, the, uh, you It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.